This show is presented by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash xm. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to episode 106 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and we have reached the midway point of the 27-18 NBA season somehow. Hard to believe. So today we're going to revisit the awards races, check in on who's the favorite for each award, and how things have changed in the past month or so. Before we get underway, I wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so please give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would greatly appreciate it. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports. And for their NBA content, they have changed their handle. They are now FRS Hoops with a Z. So that is F-R-S-H-O-O-P-Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian, because I have no C's in my name. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward. Building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders. Encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. <laughs> and you're not from a quote-unquote shithole country, so good I'm, for you. I'm also not from a shithole country. Well, we don't know. Yeah, he, well. he, he never specifically said that Denmark was not a shithole country. So Norway is basically the same thing as Denmark, right? Well, they're richer and, <laughs> and a little bit whiter. Okay. I, I think we know. I, I think I would go out on a limb and say he would not consider Denmark a shithole. But I guess we'll have to wait for another week's conversation to find out. You know what? Let him come here and I'll make sure that he at least gets treated as he said that thing about Denmark. Yeah, yeah, because, good. yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's ignore the disaster that is our current global situation and instead focus on some fun things. The NBA awards race, uh, by and large, outside of a few awards, most of these seem pretty settled already. I mean, an injury could always shake something up, but we're going to zoom through the ones that seem to have a clear front runner at first, and then we'll dive in toward the end for the more contentious ones. Uh, I know you've got your Donovan Mitchell cape on already. Let's start sixth man of the year. I, I don't think this is just recency bias because he dropped 50 on the Warriors. It's Lou Williams, right? Eh. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah, obviously. 23 points a game, five assists, shooting 41% from downtown. Look, let me just let me just pull this up. This dude has a true shooting percentage of almost 61. He's a 6'1 shooting guard. 6'1, 6'2, 6'1, 6'1 shooting guard 
and he has a true shooting percentage of 61. And 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 let me just add this: his average shot distance is 15.4 feet. Oh my god, that's wild, dude! I, I mean, mean yeah. yeah, he's having. I'm gonna say he's having an elite offensive season. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I mean, we'll we'll talk about whether he's going to be an all star in our next episode, yeah. and we, we, you know, we'll we'll find out shortly um, whether he is or not. I think he is just like there's no one even close to him in the six man of the year race. Although when you when you hedged a minute, I thought you were going to make a Malcolm Brogdon joke, like, oh, let's give it Malcolm Brogdon another award he doesn't deserve, but. No, that would just hurt too much. <laughs> well, I, I'm not still salty, I swear. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 Lou, and uh, I I mean, maybe if he gets hurt, that's going to open the race back up. I don't even think I think he's further ahead right now than where Eric Gordon was last year. So yeah. we talked about it in our last episode. Um, there's a chance the Clippers trade Lou Williams by the February 8th trade deadline. So maybe if he goes to a team where he's competing for touches, he starts to lose ground. But I think the the, the lead he has built up through the first half of the season has given him a lot of breathing room. So even if he, you know, he goes from 23 points to 15 or so, I think he's still just the obvious, mm-hmm. obvious six man. Because without him, the Clippers would be dead in the water. So... You're gonna. Re- he deserves to be rewarded both for his individual success and his impact on the team, because you know they they've been. It seems like every other Clipper has suffered some type of injury this year, but they're still somehow competitive in the Western Conference in large right. part thanks to thanks to Lou. All right, so we agree there. Coach of the year. I think there's an obvious favorite here, but I'm gonna. Do you want a cape for Greg Popovich for a minute before? We acknowledge Brad Stevens is the favorite. I mean, did you see the quote he had about LaMarcus? I did, yeah. Where he just admitted, yeah, LaMarcus wanted a trade. And I was like, well, we can't get Kevin Durant for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And now suddenly LaMarcus is laughing, playing really, really well, signed an extension. Yeah. Yep. Like, this guy is, you know, the player whisperer. Yeah. And I'm gonna say greg popovich until the day that he retires i don't care i i think brad stevens is gonna win it i get that other people need their chance or whatever but Mm -hmm. i'm the kind of person that's still bitter about tim duncan not having a defensive player of the year award i'm the kind of guy that's bitter that charles barkley and carmelo won mvps over michael jordan in years Mm -hmm. where they certainly did not deserve it Mm -hmm. i i don't think you should miss out on awards so i think we should handle he can just give Pop every award that we can give him from now until the day he says, I'm done. I just think they should rename it the Greg Popovich Coach of the Year Award. And then we can give it to whoever else, but it's just permanently named after him. I would go along with that. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I he would be my clear number two if I had a ballot. Because to keep... I mean, the Spurs are playing their JV team right now, like... Tony's hurt, Danny Green's hurt. Yeah, and like Kawhi's been hurt for most of the year. Um, Rudy Gay's been hurt for the past couple weeks. Like they, their injury list every game is, you know, like three pages long. It's Mm -hmm. really, they're playing like a JV team and they're still 
competitive. I mean, yes, they lost. We're recording this on Friday, January 12th. So, yes, they lost to the Lakers last night. They lost to the Sixers recently. But the JV team beat the Kings, I believe. Like, they're, they're competitive most nights. And they're playing without four of their top six, seven, eight players. Like, pop. Spurs and the Spurs. Yeah. I mean, they're going to win. They're going to do the same damn Spurs thing they always do. Win 50-plus games. It doesn't matter who who's on the floor. That said... As you said, I think it's Brad Stevens. He's running away with it. The Celtics are 34-10 and 10 right now. Just to overcome the Gordon Hayward injury in the way that they have, I think really earns him a lot of benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think the fact that Kyrie has integrated so well so quickly is going to do him favors. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both playing well, especially for young guys who were forced into bigger roles in the wake of this Hayward injury. So, yeah, I think it's Stevens, Pop. And then third place, I think, like, Eric Spolestra deserves a shout-out. I know the Heat, they they lock themselves into this roster, but they are currently fourth in the East. Remember in our Southeast Division preview, we had Alana Tahauer on, Mm -hmm. and she was like, yeah, this team could actually be a top-four seed in the East. And we're like, oh, okay, that's cute. (laughs) <laughs> she was right. <laughs> they're they're play. I mean, they are currently number four in the East. So shout out to Spo for Dion Waiters has missed. I think the past six or seven games. It sounds like he's leaning toward getting season-ending ankle surgery. Yeah. Uh, Hassan Whiteside missed a bunch of games with a bone bruise in his knee. They keep chugging along. Kelly Linux playing really well there. James Johnson has carried over his momentum from last season. Josh Shit. Richardson is looking like an absolute steal. I mean, a, a lot of credit. Spo got a lot of heat back, no pun intended. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> back in the LeBron James days, you know, everyone's like, oh, they should fire Spo. He's a crap coach. Oh, they won two titles, but it's because they had the big three. Like, I, I would hope the last couple of years have shown that the, the Heat winning those two titles with their big three mm. was not like. Spo had a big part of that. It was right. not. They did. They didn't do that in spite of him. They did that with a huge assist from him. He's a very good coach. He deserves some recognition. I still that's think that Heat is in a bit of a no man's land situation, even though they're fourth. I know that sounds yeah. pretty weird, but I, I mean, right. given their contract structure and the age of the roster, I'm just, I'm not loving it from a future perspective. But I can agree that right now, it's they're they're outproducing their expectations. Yeah. He yeah, he deserves credit for doing the best he can with the hand that he was dealt. So, by that logic, should Fred Horberg be celebrated for having won about 14 games more than I would have expected at this point in the season? Yeah. I I would think that would at least take some of the heat off of him. But maybe I was not. joking maybe. though. I Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, All right. Well, yeah. I I mean, he does deserve some recognition for them not being a total train wreck. What it's about tips? Impressive. What about tips and all no. this? I know we're no, no, no but no. Hear, hear me out. We're, right now, we're mentioning record. Yeah, we're not talking about anything else. Yep. So if we need to put layers on it, I agree. Tips should not be a a candidate because of the way that he just overplays his primary core. But mm-hmm. like twenty seven and sixteen. Yeah, I think expectations play a large part in this, right? So mm-hmm. going into the year. We expected the Timberwolves to be the number four seed. We expected them to win somewhere around 50 games. They're on pace to do both, mm-hmm. but they're not 
exceeding expectations. Whereas this Celtics team, yeah, they, you know, they were expected to win north of 50 games once they got Kyrie. But when Gordon Hayward went down, it was like, oh, all right, bye-bye. Celtics are, you know, they're toast. So for that reason, and then same thing with the Spurs, like, we expected them to be this good, but we didn't expect Kawhi Leonard to miss this much time. So the right. fact that, so you know, it's fair or not, I think preseason expectations warp the coach of the year race probably more so than any other race, just because we're we're using that as a baseline, and then teams that surprise tend to get more love, and then the teams that fall short uh, do not. That's fine. I'm just gonna say that over the last what one two. Uh, seven games you know they're they're five and two and the two losses has been like one point and seven points and every other win they've had has been with 10 plus i mean they're finding their groove right now in a month we could be looking at a very different wolves team that is exceeding expectations again i'm also painfully aware that the minutes issues is going to drag down in favor of tips so or it should it I mean, should I yeah it, right but i, I don't mean, know if it will but it should yeah but but it's interesting because when when we talk about this award usually it's all about oh record and then mm-hmm. small narrative end of argument right like okay we should we should find a way to make this deeper but it's just so hard to understand a coach's impact because we're not there yeah right right yeah, like I, I shit. I think Brett Brown. He's not gonna get any top three votes, but I'd love to see him get like a friend, you know, an occasional top five vote. I think mm-hmm. he's just done stick wonders with that keeping, whole thing for so long. Yeah, keeping that team together is a, a testament to him, and a lot, a lot of Sixers fans. Every time they lose, and every time they blow one of their patented twenty point leads, which they do, with alarming regularity. Young the team. fire the fire Brett camp comes out but to keep that team together and positive and like JJ Reddick said when he signed there that Brett Brown was one of the big reasons why you know I think he deserves some recognition for having that team competitive in the playoff race then again again it goes back to preseason expectations this is what they were basically projected to do. I think Vegas had them at like a 41-win team somewhere around there. They're right in line. So mm. he won't he won't get the votes that Brad Stevens or that Spo or that uh, Popovich will. But, yeah, an occasional fifth-place vote would be great. Uh, and he's deserving. To, so, yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's go to most improved player. Yeah. There are... I'd say there are numerous candidates for this award just because a lot of guys have improved notably. Mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo has got to be the front runner, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so when he was at – he had a point this season where he was about at 22 points a game, and he looked mm-hmm. like he was coming back down to earth, and then he stepped it back up again. Yeah. Um, but I, at that point, I was like, nah, I don't think you can because he was already averaging like 18 Orlando. Like he was never a bad player specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of felt, you know, that's that's not an MIP. He was already on that level and then just had a couple of bad seasons because then he had been there and then he was just returning to that field. But then he just took off. And yeah. now it's completely fine. 
because he also raises rebounding. His assist numbers are great. He's a better defender now. He's mm-hmm. the primary guy on a team, which yep. is a role he's never had before. His three-point shooting has just gone through the roof. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I mean, absolutely. His his PER is 24, and he has a true shooting percentage of 60. The highest before that was a split of 16.7 and 53.4. <laughs> That's a mild improvement, I would a say. A mild improvement? Yeah, his... Yeah. I mean, he this guy is just in a career high in steal percentage as well and block percentage. His turnover percentage is just twelve point seven as well. This, I mean, for a guy having increased the amount of touches and scoring, mm-hmm. you know, shots and what whatever, like this is efficient basketball to a point yeah. that he's never played before. So yeah, this is this is depots. With all due respect, I want like we should shout out Aaron Gordon, Andre Drummond, Kristaps Porzingis. All of them have rounded out their games impressively. They're all Chris still Dunn. relatively young. Chris Dunn, yeah. Don't wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't you have a thing against you? The rookie sophomore leap. You think that should disqualify people? Oh yeah, that's because we're talking. Yeah, dude. I was just. I am hearing you just rattle off names who got better. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, I was just gonna mention that. That's a significant improvement. I don't think he's oh, yeah, in that yeah, category. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. I mean... Because I would, I would also say Brandon Ingram and Jamal Murray, but I knew you would get mad at me because you think the... Outside the lottery. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then rookie, sophomore, like you're expected to get better in your second year. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was just interesting because when we had Matt Moore on, he was like, and he, he has a vote. So he said, you mm-hmm. know, we, we've kind of figured that one out, he said. That was interesting to me mm-hmm. because... That that just gave the impression that you know what you know us voters we don't look at the first and second year jump as being that significant. We're looking at right. something else because that's expected, and and that's completely solid logic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I would definitely I, I would look at outside the lottery, and because you know Victor Oladipo he was a he was a lottery pick, yeah, number but two, he was number two. But because so many years have gone by, right. Right. it's it's a different scenario. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, we thought he was just going to be cast in this like complimentary role, but right. seeing him, I mean, shit, like look at the reaction to the Paul George trade. You know, everyone was like, "That's all you got?" You like, yeah, like, we oh, said it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Victor Oladipo has turned into it seems like a guy mm-hmm. who can be your number one option. So right. yes, right. like if Mario Hisonia next year goes yeah. out and averages twenty, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, look, he was the number fifth pick, right? But he spent so long, you know, getting there essentially. Mm-hmm. Then that would be fine. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, all right, I, defensive player of the year. Oh yeah. Unlike yeah. the first three, there isn't a clear front runner, but that's in large part because everyone's preseason picks have been hurt. <laughs> so a lot of us took Rudy Gobert. He's been out for a good chunk of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has also been out for a good chunk of the season. So it yeah. seems to me like you can choose between two Warriors players, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, or Joel Embiid of the Sixers. Who would you take right now, Mort? God, Brian, I hate, I hate that you put that on me. <laughs> I think it's you tough. knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but... Embiid is so damn impressive defensively. He's just so big. He takes away so many shots at the rim. 
Durand is just this, he's just vicious. But there's this mm-hmm. thing where when he leaves the court, the defense actually improves. Mm-hmm. But but those, the, the on and off numbers, I always feel have deeper meaning. They shouldn't yeah. just be looked at in a vacuum. Right. They're definitely noisy and they should not be like, you should not just choose the player who has the biggest on off split. Exactly. I think there's so much to it. It depends on who's on the court with him, who's the, who's the opponent. Like yep. everything is just so much up in the air. I, I think I'm slightly leaning Durant, but mm-hmm. I, I would not hate any of those three winning it. Yeah, I mean even I, Embiid, and and I know that you're gonna go on a big Embiid thing <laughs> right now, so I'm just gonna, as you can hear, I'm just gonna move back, so <laughs> I do not get your boner in my face. Right, that's that's reasonable. I mean, I don't feel passionately about this award yet. Maybe talk to me in 20 games, and maybe I will. Um, I think yes, I would. It maybe it's the homer in me, but I would take Embiid. I'm just going to throw out a few numbers that at least give him a realistic case whether he's a front runner or not. He should be in that top mix. <sighs> I got to move longer back, jeez. <laughs> when he's on the court, the Sixers allow opponents to score 99.8 points per 100 possessions. As of today, Friday, January 12th, only the Celtics have a better defensive rating, 99.6. When he's off the court... They light us the Sixers up for 106.8. So it's a 7 point per 100 possession swing when he's on versus off. That's bigger than Durant, who, as you mentioned, the Warriors are actually almost 4 points better with him off the court. And then Draymond, they're 3 points better with him on. They allow 101.3 with him on, 104.1 with him off. In terms of defensive impact at the rim... Counting guys who have played 20 or more games and are defending at least four field goal attempts. Embiid is third in the league in terms of field goal percentage allowed, trailing only Kristaps Porzingis and, hilariously, Pau Gasol, who is yeah. at an even 50%. So I think if you, know, if you look at the whole picture here, and the Sixers are seventh in terms of defensive rating right now, the Warriors are third, I think... It's going to come from a team, you, if you're not a top 10 defense, you probably should not be in contention for this award. That said, if the if Joel Embiid was not on the Sixers, they would not be anywhere close to a top 10 defense. I mean, the 106.8 mark would be 20th. So oh, are you are you done? Just I'm just I'm, I'm zoning out here. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Yeah. My, my I, God, Alex is a very lucky woman, huh? <laughs> so yes, I would take Embiid, but I don't feel too strongly yet. Talk to me in twenty games. Maybe I'll I'll be a little more fired up about it. Let's, all right. All right. Let's go to Warmort. Let's go Rookie of the Year. Yeah, okay, so let me just get this straight. Without yeah. me really going into all this, you just kind of in the email outlet that we fight to the death because I'm yeah. Mike caving for, for Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I mean, yeah, I chose him before the season. I'm going to stick with him just out of frustration that Ben Simmons is ruining my pick. But like, uh-huh. I'm fully out acknowledging that Ben Simmons is a beast. My entire point of this thing is just it's closer than it looks. Yeah. 
That's the it, only argument there. I mean, I, I I don't want to fight to the death because I'm a big guy, Brian. I would murder you. <laughs> I do appreciate that. I'm not. I survived driving in Nashville ice rain today, so. Oh I no! I live in Nashville, where it's usually hot. That's so bad. <laughs> Look, I'm talking to the Scandinavian and bitching about <laughs> cold weather. Yeah, thank you, Brian. I'm just saying I tempted the fates because these people down here, they like closed schools today. They have no idea what to do. And there's no ice on the road. It was totally fine. It's like, it's <laughs> oh my so God, goddamn you, ridiculous. You guys would not know how to handle Scandinavian winters, like hardcore winters. You would just be like, what? What? I mean, <laughs> I like Chicago, it's fine. Like there's a foot of snow on the ground. They clear it. You would never know. Yeah. But right. yeah, here there's one uh. slight drizzle when it's below 32 degrees and the entire city panics. Like, I bet if I go to the grocery store later today, there will be no bread, flour, eggs, or milk <laughs> anywhere. Emergency signs. We are going to ration milk right. and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, you're, you're so going to maybe... be obnoxious, like, when, you, when in 40 years, Brian. When, you, right. when you're 70 and had lived in Nashville for 40 years, you're just going to be like, oh, no, look at this awful weather. It's just dropping, <laughs> yeah. like, two goddamn drops. That's just, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I've already tempted the fates once. I should not say fight. I've already dodged death, so maybe we will not fight to the death. But I'm frankly surprised, more. I expected you to put up a much more impassioned defense of Donovan than you have. I don't need to. Look, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, to me, I've already won the battle. Yeah, You know why? No one had him in this kind of category. People were like, no, he's not going to get minutes. He's not going to be this and that, yada, yada, yada. I mean, I was I was laughed at, which yeah. I, I get. And and by the way, I mean, that's completely fair. This was mm-hmm. the guy who chose the 13th. And, yep. like, you had some – a lot of people had issues with his size and what – I mean, I, I don't care. Everything is scream at this point. Yeah. My only point is we're looking at Ben Simmons and we're going, oh, those are nice rebounding numbers and assist numbers. Mm-hmm. And – we tend to do this thing, especially in regards to rookies, where we look at the all-aroundness. Like, again, we can mention Tyreek Evans as an example yep. back in the day. 25-5. Yep. There is a statistical narrative that bucks the living crap out of me. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams, too, a couple of years Michael ago. Carter-Williams, exactly. And and that's, that's just frustrating to me, because Donovan Mitchell, when you watch games, like, mm-hmm. he is the be-all and end-all of yeah. the Utah Jazz. Zero more question. Right. More, I, I'm going to say he plays right now, and I think you would agree with me, that he plays a more vital role for Utah right now than Ben does for Philly in terms of as a a guy who receives the amount of focus that he does because he does not have a Joel Embiid to right. to back up. He, he does not have a J.J. Redick type of guy to run around the perimeter. He does, mm-hmm. he does not have those things around him so the the defense is keying in on him to a larger degree and also he can shoot the three unlike ben which means that their defense on him starts at a much earlier time on the court whereas Mm. they don't really pick it up on ben like i've seen enough ben simmons to know that teams are actually backing off until he's within like 10 feet then they start going aggressive so i think in that term like right now donovan is just a more dangerous player but I get that the numbers coming from Ben, it's just, they're insane. Right. We could go into the whole thing, oh, a year of NBA practice. And I do mm-hmm. think that's valid. Yeah. But, but last year, 
I argued for Joel Embiid after sitting out for right. two years. Um, Are you going to so, take Blake Griffin's award away from whatever, right? Like, yeah. I do think we should like modify it. I think we need mm-hmm. more established rules. And I would have no problem with a guy missing his first season being ineligible because yeah. he does have an added benefit. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, and he doesn't deserve it because not right now the rules are in Ben's favor. So right. I'm not going to dish it. Um, I'm still picking Donovan because I think right now, honestly, I think he is the better player. I think mm-hmm. he does a lot more uh, that that the stats don't really pick up in terms of responsibility, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's I don't think there's a wide margin. I mean, look, if obviously these these two are a one A or one B, however you put yeah. them, is is up for debate. I mean, these two are very very close. And I'm also kind of leaning towards Ben probably probably having the better career if if he gets a jump shot. Like if he yeah. doesn't, then Donovan is probably going to run off with it. Though I think he's mm-hmm. I think Mitchell is a future superstar, and yeah. I think there are more question marks regarding Ben regarding his limitations. Mm-hmm. But I'm still inclined to believe that he fixes it. Yeah. I'd agree with, I would agree with that stance right now. That it, you get the, the path towards superstardom for both of them is pretty obvious to see. But yeah, mm-hmm. like there are fewer obvious holes in Donovan's game, at least like glaring holes. Right. Whereas like yeah, Ben can't shoot a jump shot outside of ten feet consistently. Like that will, opponents have already started to adjust for that, and I think as the year goes on that's really going to help Donovan's case more than anything. I think out of the gate, the first month, it was Ben Simmons in the landslide. Right. Because he got off to a really hot start. You know, he was triple-doubling. He had two in his first nine games. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked, you know, and even there were a couple games where, like, against the Lakers in mid-November, he finished one rebound short. Or against the Warriors three days later, he finished two rebounds short. Like, he could have feasibly had five or six triple-doubles in his first 15 NBA yep. games, which would have put him in <clears throat> unprecedented historical territory. Absolutely. Um, that said, he has started to slow down as of late. Whereas Donovan started kind of slow. He mm-hmm. shot, I think, around 35% from the field over his first 10 or 11 games. Right. Now, since mid, mid-November, uh, this is, these are his stats over the past 28 games. 20.5 points on 46.7% shooting, 3.9 assists, 3.7 rebounds, 2.4 threes, 1.6 steals, and 33.5 minutes. Like, the Jazz are 20th in offensive rating right now. Mm-hmm. Without Donovan Mitchell, I'm convinced they would be 28th or worse. Like, their yeah. offense goes, as you said, their offense goes as he goes. When he has an off night, they can't score at all. And it's, like, it's wild that a rookie is shouldering that kind of responsibility, especially, mm-hmm. like, he. it seems like he's filling the, the, the role that they wanted Rodney Hood to fill heading into Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, he just won that position. Yeah. And I'll add something else, which is really, really intriguing. Because you just talked about all the responsibilities that Donovan Mitchell has to go through. Mm-hmm. His turnover percentage is just 12.6. Hmm. That is 
that's beyond crazy for a r- rookies usually turn it over at a high rate we can look at sure. ben simmons he, he has a turnover percentage of almost 20 that's fine that's normal i mean i'm not looking at ben and going oh he needs to handle the ball better it'll come it's natural but donovan is already there and mm-hmm. he's handling the ball a lot on the off guard and he, he's being matched up against great defenders Mm-hmm. So he is just he's found a way to just keep that ball to himself and that is is really something that you need to look at going forward as a great asset to an offensive player who's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean it's it's funny because coming into the league his defense was his calling card. Yep. But it seems like he has acclimated better offensively than he has defensively. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that's because he's taken on such a bigger offensive role that he's he just doesn't have the energy to commit on both ends as much as one would hope, or if he's you know it's just tough for a what a 21 year old who's just learning the NBA to. Oh no no no, he's got it. I mean, it's it's a it's a stamina question. I've seen yeah a lot of him. He's a he's a good defensive player. The thing right. is, sometimes the Jazz goes into these lulls. And they are, they basically force feed Donovan to take care of possession after possession after possession, and it's mm-hmm. it's draining. But on the few occasions where things are clicking for the entire team, the ball is moving, and he has more energy. Like he's asserting himself. You like guards who can block shots. Well, he's blocking a half shot a game, which is mm-hmm. a good start. He's one point five steals. Those are just the raw defensive stats. Those yeah, they could mean whatever. But his physical presence, his wingspan, his athleticism, like he's really digging into people. Um, He's got a tremendous two-way potential. Before the draft, I was kind of saying that he could be a a very rich man's version of uh, Ben Gordon offensively. And Mm -hmm. defensively, he would be... Oh, what the hell was the comp? I don't even remember the NBA comp I used back then. But it was like a, a very well-respected wing defender. I think it was Sony Allen, actually. But with yeah. stats. But with right. stats. Like, right now, I'm actually more inclined to to say that he's probably going to carve out something similar to as, as what Jimmy Butler is doing, but without mm. the insane playmaking. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a ne- as natural a passer and playmaker as Jimmy is. Mm-hmm. But a guy who can defend multiple positions, take care of the offense as in a primary role, Mm-hmm. And be a guy you can give the ball to at the end of games. And really, what, what more do you need? That's a superstar. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, with Coach of the Year, we talked about how preseason expectations weigh into it. And I think there will be some of the narrative will benefit Donovan in that way as well. The fact that he was a 13th overall pick rather than mm-hmm. number one. I mean, you you expect this type of production out of a Ben Simmons because you don't take a, this guy with the number one pick if you don't. Right. Whereas Donovan Mitchell, a late lottery pick, you hit the jackpot. I mean, yeah. this is, I, frankly, this is probably beyond the Utah Jazz's wildest dreams. Yep, not mine, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, but, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, it, it, this, is, this sounds like me just blowing myself and really... I but you, of... you didn't even expect him to take off like this, this quickly. No, I didn't expect it this quickly, but... It doesn't surprise me at all that he was better suited for the NBA. It seemed like yeah. the constraints of the college game was hindering him. It, it seems so obvious to me that on a bigger scale where he could really unleash his athleticism and 
get a feel for the game, that would just open his ass up, really. I mean, it did. And by the yeah. way, now that we're on the subject of rookies, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to look something up here in regards to Ben Simmons because a couple of weeks ago, I think it was... Oh, yeah, it was the Christmas game, remember? Mm-hmm. When you were hyping Ben Simmons' oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. first the visit to the Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben Simmons, was, he had 8-8 eight and eight in that game. Was yep. really a non-factor. Yeah. I'm just going to read another rookie's... Yep. Stat line yep. as yep. his first visit to Madison Square Garden. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 of 15 from downtown. Laurie Markkinen coming yeah. out of nowhere with a career high and showing Ben Simmons, well, I can at least produce in Madison Square Garden. It's funny because you were shitting on that narrative when we talked about it. You were like, what's the point? Why does everyone get so excited about I it? Still, I still feel that way. The tables have turned, Mort. No, I st- look, I still feel that way. I just, I, yeah. I just wanted something to rub rub it in you because... Right, look, right, yeah. right. Well, I mean, I, so I think the thing with Simmons, right now if I had to pick, Simmons would be the number one for me. Donovan would be a close number two. It will not surprise me if Donovan continues closing the gap and even goes ahead of Simmons. Yeah. Not only for Simmons, not only is he the primary ball handler, but his defensive energy and success has come as a pleasant surprise to me. I think that was a concern of coming out of college for him. Mm-hmm. And he's proven that, oh, if I get paid $6 million, I'll actually give a shit on that end of the floor. Yeah. So the fact he's playing well as a two-way player and the fact that he is their primary ball handler for now gives him the lead. That said, when Markel Fultz comes back, I think there's probably going to be some, like, you know, an acclimation period for both of them. So it would not surprise me at all if Donovan takes over as the rookie of the year when we check in at the three quarter mark of the season. Of course, and you I need mean, an adjustment. I mean, Markel Fultz will have to be able to raise his arms up over uh, his own oh, head. Okay. Okay, moving on. Who would you go number three in this race? Yeah. Would it be Markkinen, Tatum, Kyle Kuzma? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a three-man race there, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, uh, uh, Tatum is, is really good, and I still feel he benefits so greatly from having an insane cast around sure. him. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kyle Kuzma and Laurie Markkinen, those two guys are, are playing with, well, okay, you know, Kyle's playing with, with Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson is actually having a pretty good year as well. Mm-hmm. But still, it's just, those two guys have to do a little bit more. There's more pressure on them than there is Tatum because if Tatum doesn't have a good game, you can always like give it up to Jalen Brown and he'll take care of it from the wing. Right and, or Kyrie can up his ante a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm really stuck on those three. I think they're in the same group. Yep. I mean, Kyle Kuzma is a little bit older, though. I don't know if we should subtract that a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there's a clear favorite. No, this wasn't like a trick question. I, I think it's as you said, it's a very close race between all three. Mm. I would probably lean. Uh, I would lean Tatum. I think just because of the uh, team success tends to weigh in in this mm. conversation, whether that's fair or not. But because he's playing, he's playing less of a role. But 
on a team that's won 34 games and it's the top of the Eastern Conference, whereas the other two guys are on crap teams and there's always the narrative of like, oh, well, they're just putting up big numbers on bad teams. I don't think that's the case with either guy. I think both guys are very talented, are going to be great NBA players. But because, yeah, I mean, it, it, you just at this point, you're just looking for tiebreakers, basically. And I think the team success one... I wouldn't oh, ever fair. want, yeah, I wouldn't want that to be like the number one reason I pick a rookie of the year. Like, I'm not going to pick Jordan Bell just because he's on the Warriors. <laughs> no, but, but like they play a significant role. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, yeah, I think. Right. But all three of those guys deserve credit in this yeah. race. I think we probably just named the top five finishers. Although, Lonzo Finisher. Ball has turned it on. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, let's move on to MVP. And this one's also really wide open. It was James Harden seemed like he had yeah. a pretty substantial lead, but now he's out with this hamstring injury. It opens the door for You'd LeBron James, right. yeah, one story. of the Warriors, Giannis. I'm still I'm still going Giannis a little bit, but I'm I'm my my belief in that pick is dwindling by the day because Milwaukee really has not separated themselves mm-hmm. uh, as much as I thought there's 22 and an 18 mm-hmm. it's just not good enough for MVP I mean again I, I don't support Russell Westbrook winning it last year the record right. was just not good enough I think a mm-hmm. lot of things were just missing so mm-hmm. I don't want to go on that end I think you need to be a, a dominant team and Milwaukee isn't Mm -hmm. I don't know I'm you know it's also a little bit I want to go Kevin Durant if he doesn't win defensive player of the year yeah I want him to get one of the awards (laughs) right right it only seems fair because I'm not sure I, I mentioned this in an earlier program like are we absolutely certain that Kevin Durant is not the best player in the league I don't think yes. you can make an argument that he necessarily is not. Uh, I would you, still take LeBron, but it would it's it's closer than it's been in a long time. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't yeah. I mean you can't exclude the the possibility that he is. Right. And right. I mean the, the torch is going to be passed sooner than later. Yeah. If it hasn't been already. Right. And he's he's just he's playing bonkers this year. Mm-hmm. Closing in also on the the fifty forty ninety, two yep. blocks, gone a little bit down in rebounding, but I mean, doesn't matter. Like he's essential. What the perfect thing for me would be him and Curry splitting the award. That would be beautiful. Mm. Remember when when players split the award like Elton Brand, Steve Francis, Francis shared Rookie of the Year. Same yeah. as Jason Kidd and Grant Hill, mm-hmm. like a shared MVP. I would take that. Just, just a Warriors MVP, basically. Yeah, I honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. Those two yeah. are really just doing it all. And I'm, yeah, I mean, Clay Thompson, notwithstanding, those two are just doing it all for her. and and Draymond. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I, but like, there's a clear separation. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea actually of them like getting a <laughs> a, a Warriors MVP. MVP. Yeah. yeah. I think that probably would be the ideal solution if Harden doesn't make it back. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. I mean, I think Harden right now, if you if the season ended today, I think Harden would be the guy. Oh, I I don't think there's anything about it. I think it's an absolute certainty. Yeah. But that said, 
if he continue, we don't know how long he's going to be sidelined. Hamstrings are tricky. You do not want to rush him back if you are Houston. You have, you have your eyes on the prize. But then Curry too. I mean, he's only played twenty eight games so far this season. He just re injured Mm -hmm. his ankle, so you know that that could weigh in in terms of. Right. Has he played enough games to be in legitimate MVP, con- you know, contention, or is he going to be third or fourth or whatever? So for me, it's between Durant, Harden, and LeBron. You're as going you said. LeBron. I know you're going LeBron. <sighs> I, I, uh, it, it's. I mean, LeBron is playing incredibly well. He is. I. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, it. The the Cavaliers' defense right now concerns me, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Again, um, <laughs> for yeah, what feels right. like forever. I, I know. Breaking news: the Cavaliers are struggling on defense. Yeah. But so uh, that may factor into the voting. But like then again, LeBron is putting up. He's scoring the most points he has since coming to Cleveland. He's averaging a career high eight point eight assists. Mm. He's he hasn't blocked. He's blocking one point one shots, which he hasn't done since his previous stint in Cleveland back at the almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you wouldn't know this guy is thirty three if you look at him. I mean, he's putting up numbers that he's putting. Frankly, this is his best season in Cleveland so far, in terms of his individual impact. I mean, he's. Hitting almost thirty nine percent from three point range. Yeah, this is, you know, heading into the season. Yes, I picked him as the MVP, and I kind of thought like, not only is it going to be like an fu for leaving me Kyrie season, but it's a, I need to carry the load for two months while Isaiah Thomas gets his hip straight. So fuck you for leaving me. I'm not sure. Like, what didn't he want Kyrie? I'm I'm so confused about all (laughs) this drama. Yeah. I know. Who who knows with LeBron? It's always it's like a never ending mystery with him. Right. By the um, way, only one hundred points left for LeBron to hit thirty K. And he just really? crossed yeah, he just crossed Ooh. eight thousand boards. God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so well, I mean that's not gonna factor into or that should not No no no. I just I, I had but... to just bring that up and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's yeah, also wild. under two hundred assists away from eight thousand assists. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and he's also nearing in on two thousand steals. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it's if you're going by you know pick a metric and you're mm. gonna find most of these guys right, right. at the top. Like right. per, it's Harden first, Giannis second, LeBron third, all within a point of each other. Harden mm. is thirty point four, Giannis is thirty point one, LeBron is twenty nine point eight, KD is further back at twenty five point two, and the hell is Steph Curry? Oh, Steph Curry hasn't played enough minutes, probably. So yeah, no, that's qualify. fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I was like, yeah, Steph Curry is a twenty-nine point five. Mm. So he's. Right. I just. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like. You could. I I think at this point, it's it's Harden's, but mm. like if any of those five guys run away with it, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So I just want my say in here on one name as well. Okay. If we ignore oh, the first... No. I know who you're going to yeah. say. Uh, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, if we ignore the first 20 games of yeah. the season, Jimmy Butler should be right there. 
Yeah. Of course we can't. Right, and we sh- yeah. And we shouldn't, because right. that would be wrong. Yep. But, I mean, if we're looking at the way he's played over the last 21 games, mm-hmm. he's, like, right up there. Yeah, right. I mean, he's there's no question he's playing. Anyone who didn't think Jimmy Butler was a top 10 player coming into this year, welcome to the party. Yeah. I mean, he's he's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, and it just... It, it frustrates me that it took took him so long to get going, but I also appreciate why he did it. It was so clear to me that he was he wasn't focused on numbers. He was coming into the system and he was going, okay, I need to actively get the ball to Andrew and to Carl, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna see what those guys can do. Like he was easing himself into a situation which is very smart. That that's a smart thing to do. And then it cost him on the MVP votes because that's 20 games of not averaging 25 plus. Sure. Yeah. So aside from Jimmy, is there anyone else you could see not necessarily forcing themselves into the conversation to the point that they're going to win, but at least into that like top five, top three conversation? Like is, is Russell Westbrook? No. Could he? No. No. They're 22 and 20. I don't, I mean, he can't, he seems to have trouble meshing a little bit with mm-hmm. those guys. His shooting is down. Like he's hitting seventy only seventy one percent from the foul line. Seems like he still has those nights where where he's stat chasing. And I, yeah. I don't think I I just don't respect that at all. I don't think that's winning mentality. But and you shouldn't he's almost averaging a triple double again. Oh my god. L O L something, whatever to <laughs> say. I don't know. Um no, no. I mean Oh my god, I should not say this because the team sucks. Or well, they don't suck, but they're under 500, but he, there's there's an MVP caliber talent in there if he just improved his shot selection and turned down his turnovers and that's Joel Embiid. Oh. No, but I mean my man. in terms of impact, it's yeah. it's insane. Like, yeah, he 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 his shot selection needs to improve. Right. Yeah. And no question. His passing is is good when he makes it simple. Yeah. So he gets a little bit excited at times, but it's, right. it's not more, in the more same his manner. Ball handling than right. His passing. Right. But he doesn't do it in the same sense as Russell Westbrook. You know, he, he doesn't yeah. do it to chase dub first. Like he's <clears throat> he's trying to make stuff happen, and you can just see the effect that it has when it's working. I mean, this guy is averaging. Eight three throw attempts per game and knocking down eighty percent of them, and mm-hmm. he's doing that in just thirty one minutes. Like his yep. his numbers are insane. Um, I think Boston fans would literally murder us if we did not mention Kyrie. But I am just gonna say that he's doing pretty much the same thing he's doing in Cleveland. He's just he's gotten a little bit better defensively mm-hmm. because of Brad mm-hmm. Stevens, and that's good. That's nice. But he he's not blowing you know my mind this season yeah yep i totally agree i would say the only other guy victor oladipo i don't think is gonna get there right right like he should at least get some like i don't know how many they vote for i think it's only five right or is it 10 i'm not sure if it's 10 he should at least get some like eighth place votes yeah uh but i think it's only five uh Lamarcus, I could see it, <laughs> yeah, but I don't I mean, think he's going to get there. DeMar DeRozan, though, I think actually could steal some fifth place votes. 
Oh, that guy who's knocking down one three a game. Yeah. That's a substantial upgrade over what he was doing before. It is. And it's just. It's, it's not it's, only it's that. The... I, like they've improved their entire offense. They have. They're running fewer ISOs. I, I think the fact that he is able and willing to shoot three pointers now changes both his upside and the upside of that team and the schemes they can run. Right. It's just I don't I I dislike the narrative. Like, oh, okay, now you're getting on the same page as us who likes new age NBA basketball. Mm-hmm. Now we deem you MVP sort of worthy. That's fair. Like that's, he's yeah. been really good the whole time. Dude averaged twenty seven points last year. Yeah. That's fair. I, like, I, my yeah. thinking there is that Kyle Lowry has not been he's right. taken a step back this year and yeah. DeRozan has kind of taken over more of that like number one option mantle I guess he kind of always has been but mm. at least Lowry was carrying a more even load prior to this year yeah but Yo, I mean we, again, need, we need to talk about something now with on the Raptors by the way search Ibaka right uh-huh oh <laughs> No, trying but I, to fight James Johnson. No, I mean, Serge Ibaka in himself. He's only twenty eight. Mm. How for how long has this guy regressed? Yeah, shit. That's a, that is a topic for a whole another day. I mean, I was I I'm ex, I'm expecting a hell of a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I I think for MVP, I think it's. Harden, right. Giannis, LeBron, Durant, Curry, I think those are a clear top five. Yeah. I would be surprised. Maybe Kyrie forces his way into a fifth-place vote. Oh, he would have to average 40 for the rest yeah. of the year. Right. Like, I, I think... Or if Curry... I mean, if Curry is held out for a substantial amount of time, I could mm. see him slipping out. But if all of those guys stay healthy, it's going to be... Those are the top five in some order. It's just a matter of... Right now, I don't think there's a... A like, there's not what we have in the six man of the year race. Right, like the race is still wide open. There, Harden is the front runner, but he is losing yeah. ground every day. You know what really is curious though? There is one guy that I'm just I'm kind of waiting to hit the MVP conversation. Not this year, but at some point, like every year, I think okay, this is the year. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard, like. Mm-hmm. Every year, like, he's passed over for all... He hasn't made the All-Star team in the last two years, for example. Like, and last year, he averaged 20... He, he, he netted 27 points and 6 assists and 5 boards. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy, I mean, the talent is undoubtedly there. Yeah, He's got the athleticism, the strength, the body control to be a good defender. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she actually is a good defender. Right. Amazingly. Sometimes he puts forth the effort. Right. Like, yeah. I'm just I'm just waiting for Lillard to realize that, oh, hey, hey, you guys. Hey, LeBron. Hey, Giannis. Hey, Steph Curry. I can actually be among you guys. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be on the outside looking in all the time. I'm, I'm a good enough player. I just need to provide that stability all the time. I need to be the team leader. I need to be, yeah. you know, the guy who takes responsibility for everything. And I need to do something to get my team out of this constant flirting with 500 mentality. Right. I think the three things work against him. One, the fact that Portland is kind of, as you said, floating around 500. Two, this year his scoring output's down compared to yep. last year. His field goal percentage is down. That's not going to help, especially if 
as you said, he didn't even make the All Star game last year, which mm. was oh, that was highway robbery, right? Um, and three, as you mentioned, he's not a great two way player. Uh, I mean, neither is James Harden, but James Harden's putting up far more impressive offensive numbers to yeah. cover up that fact. So yeah. if you're not a two way player, you need to basically be so historically good on offense that. You know, it makes up for the fact that you are below average on defense. And I don't think Damian Lillard is there quite yet. So we'll talk about him in our next episode for the All-Star game and All-Star reserve consideration. But, yeah, I I don't think he's – MVP is uh, out of reach for him this year. Mm. So that'll do it, Mort. Uh, Thank you again for all of our listeners for joining us today. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some reviews. We would love any feedback, especially five-star reviews, please. And you can find us, we're being hosted this year, on FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter, at FanRag Sports. And for their NBA content, again, the handle has changed. It is now FRS Hoops with a Z. So F-R-S-H-O-O-P-Z. I'm Brian Tapork. And I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I am going to have a good one because I'm not going to pay $35,000 for a phone. (laughs) Yeah, Rodney Hood cannot say the same. Mm -mm. All right, later, Mort. Later. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.